This is season two, episode 26, Preparing for Your Best Mentorship with Meredith Lawrence. Welcome to Let's Talk Parks. This is a collaborative project that gives a voice to emerging leaders in parks and recreation. We believe every professional has the potential to make a difference in their organization and in their communities. These are the stories of the future leaders who are navigating their career and finding their purpose through Parks and Rec. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Let's Talk Parks. This is Becky here, and I'm so glad that you've joined us for another episode. I know this week is NRPA virtual, so I hope you guys are having fun if you're uh, watching that. Um, This week, we are talking all about mentorships. And the reason why this is called preparing for your best mentorship is originally had it as first mentorship, but I think actually we need to give mentorships another shot. So if you've had an experience that went well, but you wish it could have gone better, or maybe you tried it, but it didn't really go according to plan, maybe this is an opportunity to look at mentorships in a different light and to find a way to make it work for you. And I think that mentorships are a great opportunity to really level up your career and to get insight from someone who really believes in you. And if you've ever had someone who truly believes in you, who sees your potential and who wants to walk alongside you and and root for you and root for your success and is who willing to push you to the next level in your career, then that is the definition of a great mentor. And you've had a great mentor if, if you've had someone like that. And that's what a mentorship can do for you. You know, COVID-19 is going to deeply impact students and young professionals and having the support that you need is really, really important. You know, having a mentor can be a career or even life-changing opportunity, but knowing how to find a mentor, knowing how to structure your mentorship so that it works for both of you and how to nurture that relationship too can be a daunting task. It's something that you want to commit to so that it's worthwhile and and meaningful. And knowing that you want all of those things also means that you've got to approach it with preparation and intention. I know that as a young professional, it can be scary sometimes to reach out and talk to a, a person in the field, a professional that you would want to have a mentorship with. And that's really often the first step. But if you know that you can learn so much from them, um, then it may be just the opportunity that you need to get out of your comfort zone and ask. Make the ask and see what happens. But also know that there is that commitment behind it and you have to have good intentions and know that it will be meaningful to both of you if you approach it in the right way. So all of those things and more is what we talk about in this conversation today. One thing I do want to say, as I listen back to this, I thought it was so interesting. You know, I've heard so much about mentorships over the last decade in my career. And I've really thought about it more in the perspective of more of a informal relationship. I've never been big on like the 
the formal mentorship program. I've, I've done a couple of them, but they kind of fizzled out. The communication just wasn't really strong. And I think that that's really important too. Um, but a lot of like the mentors in my life have been my coworkers or they've been my friends or they've been my supervisor um, or they've been like a coach that I hired. So I think it's good to have multiple perspectives in your life that can really show you your blind spots and show you, you know, opportunities that you may not have thought of before. So mentors can really come from any part of your life. Another thing that came up for me in this interview is to always be curious and always assume that you do not know it all. And I try to have that attitude when I'm interviewing others for this podcast. You know, I, I, I've heard a lot about mentorships. It seems to be a popular topic within Parks and Rec because there are so many programs in your state associations. So, you know, that's definitely a place to look. But I guess, you know, coming into this, I thought I knew one thing about it, but I wanted to really stay open um, to Meredith's experience of it. And having that attitude of, of curiosity and knowing that you don't know it all is actually, I think, a great attitude to also have when you are in this mentorship relationship because your relationships um, should be a two-way street. And if you come to the table knowing that there is opportunity to learn from both sides, then I think that's when the relationship becomes really meaningful and people are willing to invest their time into it. A mentee can learn just as much from their mentor as the mentor can learn from the mentee. Likewise, an employee can learn from their supervisor as much as a supervisor can learn from their employees. I think when you value each other as people first with valid experiences and expertise and knowledge, then your level Like your superiority may not matter as much. And as your relationship grows over time, you continue to show up and be honest and vulnerable. um, Then I think that that's when you have those really rich relationships that you take with you beyond your office or beyond your Zoom call. And you really just start to admire and and trust those people in your life. And um, I'm very lucky to have some of those. Um, consider many of my supervisors, uh, my current supervisor right now at Greenplay and, you know, a lot of the supervisors I've had in my past, it's those types of relationships is oftentimes what makes your work worthwhile. Um, so in this episode, you're going to learn about how to find a mentor. You're going to learn, you know, what to ask your mentors and how to prepare for this relationship. And you're also going to learn about the power of asking for help and what that looks like in the field of Parks and Rec. So let me introduce you to a future game changer in the Parks and Recreation field. Meredith Lawrence is a Recreation Program Coordinator at the City of Mendota Heights, Minnesota. As Chair of the MRPA Programming Section and Chair-Elect of the MRPA Young Professional Student Network, she is piloting a mentorship program in Minnesota. She is an active member of the Minnesota Golf Course Superintendent Association, all while pursuing a Master's of Public Administration at Hamline University. 
She was awarded the 2019 Service for Merit Award at the Young Professional and Student Network of the MRPA and was a recipient of the 2017 States Tennis Association Northern Section Junior Development Award. Meredith is an awesome person to learn from, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode about mentorships. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Parks. Thanks for joining us today. I am very excited to be talking to Meredith Lawrence, who is the Recreation Program Coordinator for Mendota Heights in Minnesota. And today we are talking about mentorship. And this has actually been a requested topic. Um, a lot of people have, you know, had maybe have, have had an experience or two being um, a mentor or a mentee. And, you know, I think that a lot of people have had different experiences, some positive, some negative, but um, I'm really excited to hear about Meredith's perspective um, about mentorships and how we can improve them and what that looks like. So um, before we get started and dive into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and your background and how you found your way into parks and recreation and your role today? Awesome. Well, first, thank you for having me. It's great to be here, and, and it's an honor and privilege. I am a, a proud fan of, of this podcast, so thank you. Um, yeah, I was interested in sports as a child. I call myself the tomboy. I used to play with the boys on the playground during recess, and still to this day, some of them tell me I was picked before them, so I, I you know, I, I just loved sports, and my parents signed me up for every activity they could come up with. One sport I hadn't tried around third grade was tennis. My mom had played college tennis, and so she signed me up for this Parks and Recreation introductory camp, and I was not thrilled. She knew that I was not excited, and I remember the first day her giving me one of her old rackets and um, and telling me to give it a try and, and be optimistic, and from the point I stepped onto the court, I was hooked, and I went out and played a lot with my mom. I ended up playing high school tennis. And what's really cool is the first job I had was for that same tennis camp that I learned tennis at. That and so cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool to get your first job uh, at a camp that kind of changed my life because I ended up going to college on a, a tennis scholarship and um, I played Division two tennis at Augustana University in Sioux Falls, South Dakota where I majored in business and sports management. And the story is really cool because um, that camp was in Mendota Heights. And uh, for my sports management degree, I actually needed an internship. And so my supervisor at Mendota Heights was like, come back and intern with me. I always tell him to this day, I think he secretly just wanted some really cheap help. <laughs> um, but he really took me under his wing and showed me what parks and recreation has to offer for a full-time job. And I had really never thought of parks and recreation uh, as a career. And so after I graduated from college, uh, I hadn't found a full-time job. And uh, so my supervisor at Mendota Heights said, come back and coach one more summer. And I decided to do it. I felt like it was my opportunity to have one more somewhat fun summer before looking for a, a real job. And at the end of the summer, he left to take on a new role with another city. And his job opened, and I am grateful that 
the city of Mendota Heights gave me an opportunity to uh, work full time with them. And so I have been with them now officially for three years full time, seasonally now for almost 10 years. Um, and our, our city is around 11,000 residents and I'm really the only parks and recreation admin staff that we have. And so I'm lucky that my job is different each and every day. I supervise our, our youth programs, our adult sports, field and facility allocations, park improvements, our municipal golf courses, maintenance and clubhouse operations. And then I also am the liaison to our parks and recreation commission and city council. So I am a Parks and Rec kid, and I am a Parks and Rec kid of Mendota Heights because uh, Mendota Heights Parks and Rec has truly changed my life. I love that so much. You have no idea how much I love that you grew up in that area. You you found a love for tennis. You didn't still didn't know that it was a real career path. And I love how you said waiting for your real job, <laughs> and then yes, <laughs> right as if like that was something totally different and turns out you could find it a really rewarding career in a way that gives back to your community and allows for other people to have those experiences too. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so right now I'd like to dig into the mentorships piece of this. And I know that you're particularly passionate about this, but what personal experience have you had that um, ha has kind of inspired this um, your love for mentorships? Sure. Well, as a young professional in, in a, a field that um, is really difficult to get into, and as a young professional at a city where I am the only person, um, mentorship relationships are what has gotten me where I am today. Um, mentors and trusted colleagues are who have given me the chance to first get into the field um, and feel comfortable and confident in the work that I do and my abilities. And I'm really grateful for people like that that help to pick me up and encourage me and provide me with advice and challenge me when there's difficult situations that I need to overcome. And that's the beauty about this field. It's the people. It's the people we work with, the people we work for, um, and the people that that push us to be better. And I think there's really two people and two mentorship relationships that have really, you know, impacted my life greatly. And, and the first is my supervisor. Um, I feel grateful every day to walk into a building where I know that I have someone who trusts me and the work that I do and will support me even when I make mistakes and who will fight for me as a young person to be at the table when um, there's big discussions and decisions to be made within the city. And um, you know, I think about mentorship and the opportunity she's given me. Um, she's the reason I'm, I'm pursuing a master's degree at Hamlin University in public administration, because that's what she did. Um, and every day, you know, she comes into my office and challenges me to think outside the box. Um, I, I've been educated on the process of city government. As a young person, you don't really understand when you make your first presentation to the city council exactly what you're doing, because you just don't have experience. And, and I think she has inspired my passion. But, um, you know, anytime there's an opportunity for her to, to bring me to a meeting to sit in on or to bring me to a seminar, um, she's always the first person to, to do that. And she also pushes me to, to be involved in NRPA and, and our state association and to, to seek opportunities to better myself. And um, so that's one. And that one I fell into. 
right? The other one um, that I think of when I think of mentorship and relationships is um, is Cindy Walsh. And um, my experience meeting Cindy is super unique. And this is probably the relationship where my passion for mentorship really blossomed. Um, I took a class through our state association and Cindy spoke. And at the end, I had no clue who she was. She said, if you're interested in becoming a parks and recreation director someday, I'd love to sit down and talk to you. There is more to this job than you see. And I will always remember going home that night and thinking, all right, this is my opportunity to reach out to someone I don't know for my first real connection within the field. And it's someone that has a job that someday I would really like. And I, I was scared. I'm going to be really honest. I was scared to reach out to her. And I was scared to meet with her. I was scared to email her and say, hey, I'm interested in talking to you because I was, I was nervous that I was going to get rejected. And I think that's a feeling a lot of people have when you're, you're young and you're looking for someone to help you is, I think a lot of people say they want to help you, but when you actually ask them, you don't, you don't know. And so I will always remember sending her an email and, you know, I said, hey, I've met you at this class. I'd love to sit down and talk to you and learn more about your role and, and how you got there. And I remember hitting send and just thinking, oh, my gosh, what did I just do? And I, I hope she, if she doesn't want to meet with me, she just doesn't respond. Um, but from there it was history. And I got an email back right away. And she said, of course, I'd love to meet with you. You name the time and place and I'll be there. And that was the moment when I felt like I had an opportunity to really take my, my love and my passion and my experience in parks and recreation to the next level. And I found someone who genuinely cares about me and my personal and professional life and my future and someone who pushes me to better myself. And, um, you know, she's always welcome to meet. She always texts me and calls me back when I, when I reach out to her. And as a young person, it's really fulfilling to know that someone wants to see you succeed. And as I've navigated this mentorship field and, and started new relationships, um, I have found that the majority of people want to help you. They want to support you. You just, you just need to reach out to them. And that's the hardest part is, is just getting started. Yeah, I think it's interesting you say that. I, I can relate to having those feelings of anxiety and nervousness and um, because you just never know, you know, what people have on their plate and if they're able to support you in a way that you really need. And so I think it's wonderful that you've had that experience. Um, one with your supervisor, like that is, that is, I think, rare for a lot of people. But when you get a, an amazing supervisor, you just never forget them because you know, she's supporting you all of the way. So I, I love that. But I think one of the things that people get a little bit apprehensive about maybe is this idea that mentorships have to be really structured. Like that's what I've, I've heard. I see a lot of mentorship programs and it sounds like yours were really created. Well, one was from your supervisor, but your other one was from you actually reaching out. Have you actually gone through a, a typical mentorship program and like what would be your offering if someone doesn't have any of those like immediate connections like you did? Yeah. So what's really cool is in Minnesota at our annual conference in October, no, September, September, it's this month. 
we are actually going to unveil the state's first mentorship program. And it's going to be a formal a program and a structured program. And it's, it's going to offer young professionals and mid-level professionals the opportunity that, you know, if you haven't found a mentor, we will help you find someone because um, John Stutzman and myself are just that passionate about the impact mentorship has. And so, um, you know, if you haven't found a mentor, there is always time. And, and I, I, I look at mentorship almost like a relationship. Sometimes it's not going to work and, and, and you move on and, and you, you put your best foot forward and you keep, you keep going. Um, but our, our goal is to try and, and ease the, the stress maybe of reaching out to someone with a cold call that you don't know. And, and so I am truly excited about starting this process in Minnesota. I know a lot of other states have done it. And I'm excited for the impact it's going to have on our, our profession because we need young people to, to continue, um, you know, following in the footsteps of people that have, really, um, that have really put this field on the map for what it needs to be. I completely agree. And, and because so many people are retiring and moving out, there's a sense of urgency around making sure that that knowledge doesn't go with them. <laughs> we need some of Correct. that to stay with the future leaders. And so I think those mentorship relationships are so important. So when it comes to setting up that mentorship, I think it's great that you guys are doing it on a state level and kind of teaching some of those lessons that you've already learned. But what are some considerations or things to know upfront to make that mentorship relationship a success? So based on, on my experience, I have found that being straightforward is, is really important. And I do this with all of my mentors, our city administrator. I'm really upfront about saying, I'm open to new experiences and opportunities and responsibilities. Um, and and I, I, I want to be involved. And this has given me the ability to see a lot of different perspectives, but I think being really open is, is important and, and not being afraid to be honest with struggles and difficult decisions you're having when situations arise that maybe you don't know how to react to. Um, and, and I lean on these people a lot. Um, but the other thing is I, I, I expect that my mentorship relation is going to be a two-way street where um, you know, I, I truly care about the families of the people that, that I look to as mentors. You know, I want to know how they're doing personally and professionally. And, and sometimes, um, sometimes I need someone to say, Hey, you're working too much. You know, you need to take a time off, take a week off, you know? Um, and so I, I think that I try and, and structure it where, um, I'm, I'm, pre prepared for the meetings and, and the times that I reach out to them, but I'm also really myself. And I'm really open and honest to, to it being a friendship, it not just being, you know, we get together and we have an agenda and it's boom, 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 and we're out. You know, it's, it's, it's a conversational friendship. And um, I've just become really passionate about this because I've seen the impact it's had on my life. And I, I want that for other people. So what would you say the ultimate goal of, of a mentor sh should be? Well, I think the goal of the mentor is is to to evaluate where you are in your career and to think about 
what is that next step? Or if you're you're happy with where you are and and you want to just continuing to to be better and to do better for your community, um, I think it's it's really thinking about that and being honest with the person that you're looking for to be your mentor. When I met Cindy, I said right away, I'm looking for a mentor and you are someone that I look up to. You're someone I respect. The work you do is, is, is something I admire and I would love for you to be my mentor. And I think, you know, in, in a lot of relationships, we aren't willing to say what we really feel. And I, I, I feel that saying what you feel and being open and honest is what kind of sparked that for me. And she said, I would love to, to mentor, to mentor you. I would love to help you. I would love to meet with you. And so um, I think just really looking at where you are in your career and saying, you know, where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? And that's different for all of us. We all have different goals and aspirations um, and, and have that mentor help you through that process. And that's what I am I'm so grateful for is that, you know, I, I have goals for the next five years and 10 years and 15 years, and I write them down, but it's also having someone to help you stay accountable. I have a question around structure and I know, you know, you just have your own personal experience and you're working on crafting this program, but do you feel like there is, you know, a certain length of time that a mentorship should last for? Like does a mentor last with you throughout your career or is it just kind of a, a certain um, time with, you know, in your certain role? And then how often do you feel like you should be meeting in order for, you know, have you set a certain structure like a couple times a month or just kind of curious about the actual logistics of it? Sure. You know, for me, I have found that the structure is, is important. The length, I don't know. You know, I would hope that my supervisor, you know, if I move on to a new job at some point that she would still be someone that I call up and I ask for advice just because we've we've gotten to that point where we trust each other and we we communicate really well and bounce ideas off um, but with other mentors with within the field yeah I mean I think mentorships are what you make it and I think that's a large part is the structure is what you make it you know I have mentors I look at that I talk to you know I talk to my supervisor every day um, I have mentors that I, I don't talk to as often I know um, in a lot of my mentorship relationships, um, I look at trying to reach out at least monthly, um, and and some of some are more often, but I you know I, I try and meet monthly, whether that's a quick you know phone call or whether that's a quick text or whether that's you know grabbing dinner or having coffee. Um, I think it's important to continue um, conversations. I think when you you wait too long, um, you kind of you kind of fall out of of being in contact and, and just knowing what's going on in each other's lives. Um, the big thing I would say for structure too is, is follow up, um, say thank you. You know, people's, people's time is really valuable and, and saying thank you goes a long way. I send handwritten thank you notes just to say it really meant a lot that you're willing to invest your time in me. Um, but for structure, I think everyone has to look at mentorships and figure out what works best for you. And we're all different people. Um, you know, I have mentors that I go and golf with just because that's what we both enjoy doing. And it's a great way for us to get out and, and, and chat, but do it in a really relaxed setting. Um, so I think structure is something that each mentor needs to evaluate. And I think, you know, every mentor relationship is different. 
Um, but being cognizant of of that structure and following up and and being open and honest about time frame too is 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 something that's um, that's important. I totally agree, and this is really helping in terms of you know structure and finding a mentor, and um, that's you know all really great. But what happens when you're actually you know, you've started setting up these meetings, you're talking with your mentor, like, how do you know what questions are valuable? And how can you set this up so that the conversation goes somewhere that really, you know, reaches those goals that you're talking about earlier? Yeah, I think preparation is really key. I think preparation, especially for the first time you meet someone is important, you know, first impressions, they say are, are, are everything. Um, and mentors are busy people. And so are the mentees and so um, I always have questions jotted down for when we first meet I don't expect I'm going to get to all those questions but I like to have something with me to um, to start a conversation if it gets somewhat awkward um, and I bring examples of my work with to say you know hey this is something I'm struggling with and I'd like some help with it um, and and I think the biggest thing though is in, in my experience with finding mentors is really getting to know them for who they are and not just their work life, but their personal life. You know, I've said this, I, I have an interest in my mentors, family and friends. And so, um, you know, being able to check in with them after that first time and say, how's your family doing? How was your vacation? You know, your pictures looked amazing. Um, or, you know, have you been golfing soon? Let's, let's go out and golf. But the first time meeting is really to set, um, is to set the stage. And um, I also like to try and think, find things that we have in common. Um, I think that that helps to form camaraderie. But, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's forming a relationship and relationships take time to blossom. And, and sometimes they don't go the right way and you move on and, and you don't, you don't get down. So the next question I have is at what point in your career do you become a mentor versus a mentee? That's a great question. That's something that I have been pondering with for a long time. Starting this mentorship program, you know, John and I have talked about, well, who's the mentor and who's the mentee? Um, and, and I think age is not something that you look at for that. I think experience is, is really important. Um, and I think there is a point in your career and I'm kind of getting to that point, even as a young professional that is, is pretty ripe out of college, um, where I feel like it's my responsibility to start giving back to younger professionals and students in the industry, because I have received just so much for mentorship. And so, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think there's an age where you shift from one to another. But I think we all have to start asking the question of how do we give back? And you might be a student that is studying parks and recreation, and you can give back. You can be a mentor to elementary, middle, high school age students that are, are into the field, that are interested in this as a career. Um, and I look at myself now as a young professional giving back to students and saying, you know, I, I want to help you get your first real job, as I've said. You know, it's that point in your career that you get that first real job. Um, but, you know, I have colleagues within the profession that are the same age as me or, you know, a few years older or experience wise, they, you know, they've been in the field the same amount as me, um, that I look to as mentors too. And I reach out to them for advice and encouragement and feedbacks. And those relationships are 
also really important. And I think those are relationships you don't want to forget about because, um, you know, they do impact your life, your personal life, your career, your, your professional life. And so, um, you know, I think it's perfectly fine to be a mentor and a mentee at the same time. It's just those relationships. And, and I think what's really cool is I'm able to introduce students that I'm kind of mentoring to people that have been my mentors. And that is really cool. That's awesome. And I love that perspective that you don't need to be a certain age or have a certain title in order to become a mentor. I think actually it can be the most helpful if someone was just where you were and they're just a couple of steps ahead of you and they're kind of reaching back and saying, hey, I can help you along. Let me point you in the right direction. Let me introduce you to this person. And I think that that kind of advice is, um, is gold. So thank you for saying that. So our next question, and it's the last one, um, but in my opinion, I, I just love hearing these answers. So Meredith, tell our listeners what you think it means to raise the bar in the field of parks and rec. Yeah, this is a question I, I ask myself a lot, and I ask this a lot in my personal life, too. Um, to me, raising the bar is when I push myself to be better than I ever thought I could be, and and to push myself to be more, more educated on a topic and, and get more experience maybe in something that I don't have a lot of experience in, and asking myself and asking others um, really hard questions that no one else maybe wants to ask. Um, and then lastly, just having super high expectations for myself and, um, you know, high expectations can be a good thing and a bad thing, but, um, you know, as a, as a, an athlete, I have always held myself to high standards and I, I think I always will. And so, um, I think being honest with myself is also something that I, I really treasure in improvement. And, um, I have a sign in my office that says, live the life you've always dreamed of, be fearless in the face of adversity, use your imagination whenever possible, recognize the beauty that surrounds you, remember where you came from, but never lose sight of where you are going. And I, that last sentence just really sticks to me that, um, you know, with raising the bar with mentorship, it's thanking the people that got you where you are today and not forgetting those people. When you get the big job or, or um, something really exciting happens in your life, um, you get married, you have your first kid, it's, it's remembering those people that really got you where you are today. I look at my parents for that. You know, my parents are the reason I am where I am. Um, but I never lose sight of where I'm going when it comes to raising the bar. And I, I ask myself, how can I push myself past my comfort zone? Um, and, and how can I, as a young professional, push myself out of my comfort zone to meet someone that I don't know well, or maybe we're very different people. And so I, I think pushing yourself personally, professionally, and, and, and having expectations for yourself that you hold yourself accountable to is what I look to to push myself um, and, and raise the bar. And I think it's important to recognize raising the bar is, is integral to our, our professional life, but also our personal life. I love that so much. Um, I've been really inspired by our conversation. I think that you are an absolute rock star. Um, I think that you are the future of our field and that I'm so glad that you are 
creating and helping to develop this mentorship program so that you can continue to give back and allow other people to have the experience that you've had with mentorship. So um, thank you so much for being on the show. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rest of your career pans out because I think you've got a really bright future. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me today. Uh, you can probably tell mentorship is something I'm passionate about. And um, I am always open to talk to anyone that wants to talk about mentorship or parks and recreation. Awesome. So where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so I'm a big LinkedIn person, um, Meredith Lawrence. Um, uh, and, you know, I'd like to connect with anyone on LinkedIn that, that would like to um, with me. Uh, I'm a big Facebook person, um, Instagram. I'm all over social media, um, but uh, I will make sure you have my, my phone number and my email address as well. Um, just so that if anyone wants to reach out, you know, give me a call or shoot me a text or send me an email. I'm, I'm getting really good at digital meetings. So I'm always open to that too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you for having me. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Meredith. I really appreciate you all listening in. Um, you know, I just, I, had a couple thoughts when I was thinking back on this episode about what Meredith was saying at the very end about, you know, in order to raise the bar, like we have to have higher expectations for ourselves and we have to be more accountable to ourselves. And then that has a trickle effect into our teams and our organization and our community. And man, I like, that is exactly what I'm trying to do right now. And I'm actively trying to do that because I don't feel like I've been very good at keeping myself accountable to everything that I sign up for. If you followed me for a while, you know that like this is not new for me. But it's interesting because there are some things that I am committed to, like this podcast, for instance. I was looking back, we're at episode 26 of the season. So consistently, we've released an episode every Thursday for the past like six months or so, um, which is amazing. That's incredible. I've committed to that now. I think it's really helped to have that team of people around me. So that's good information, right? Like thinking about my own habits. But I still do things like sign up for tasks or projects or, you know, different types of engagements, meetings that at the time feel like maybe exciting or like what an honor or that could be fun to learn. But as I'm getting older, as I now have a child, like it is... I now know how difficult that commitment is. Well, like, when you say yes to something, that means that someone is trusting you to show up. And, you know, Brene Brown has a great acronym for trust. And I'm not going to go through all that today, but... The, the R in trust stands for reliability and showing up again and again and again. And trust is built over a hundred different times. And it's not just about showing up once. And so, 
you know, I really want, I want to do a better job at showing up for the people here, right? Like sometimes when you, when I get an email, like I'll respond back immediately. And other times it takes me three months um, or like, you know, just different, like smaller things, but they weigh on me. And I guess what I'm saying, ending this great interview with just me ranting, it's like, I want to set an, like, I want to prove to myself that I can stay accountable to my word and like, I can sign up for things and get them done. And I think kind of tying this into that episode, it does come back to having that, that mentorship piece or, or another person, another relationship who can help you. But sometimes like be especially like during this time when we don't have as many friends or relationships, like be your own mentor too. be that person who's like, who reminds you, Hey, you signed up for this, commit to it or don't like, it's okay to say no and to not, to not be able to. But when you notice that there's a repeating pattern of yourself, like letting others down, letting yourself down, then it's time to reevaluate and figure out how you can set yourself up for success. So those are some thoughts for today. Um, Be sure to connect with Meredith. We have her LinkedIn in the show notes of this episode, so you can go check that out. But so appreciate you guys. I hope you have an awesome week, and we will see you next Thursday.